Welcome to Known the Podcast, where Brooke, Hannah, and Mackenzie, three friends whose goal is to go deeper into the Word and to learn about the God that meets us in our everyday lives. So let's sit, talk, and laugh together as we explore the extraordinary in the ordinary and discover what it means to know God, know ourselves, and make Him known. So on this Monday, our topic is what God thinks and says about women. Mm. <laughs> heavy, heavy <laughs> stuff. Um, so before we get started and get all into it, I just wanted to ask y'all's like first thoughts. Like when I say that, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? Mm. Yeah, mine is very polarizing. It's like I think about really what culture has to say that God says mm. more than I think about what God actually says. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Because yeah. there's so many loud voices out there saying mostly the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think whenever it comes to my thoughts on like the dynamic between God and women, my mind instantly goes to the story of the woman with the issue of blood. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about how Jesus met her in her trial and met her exactly where she was at. And he knew every part of her story yeah. as soon as he felt the touch of her touching the hem of his garment and he knew it before, you Mm -hmm. know, and he knew Mm -hmm. that that encounter was going to happen. Um, so I just, I think that how I think about God and women is how I think about, um, what I've been learning, um, about myself and that's that we're seen and we're known by God. Yeah. And he, he treasures us. He delights in us. Um, but yeah, that's my thoughts, Hannah. I love that. Yeah. The thing I love about that story is Jesus calls her daughter. Mm. And that's like really the first time in Jesus's ministry that he, ref- and maybe the only time that he refers to someone with that term. And I just wonder what, what wound in that heart he healed with that. Yeah. You know, it seems so like intimate and so that's intentional. Good. Yes. Um, yeah. Every word is intentional. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So speaking of every word being intentional, Ooh. I was looking because obviously what, let's go back to the beginning. What is, what did God create women for? Good um, question. So I looked in Genesis, you know, creation story, Genesis 2, and 2.18 says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. And so I think when a lot of, like Mackenzie, what you were saying about, you know, what the world says mm-hmm. about what God says about women. Yeah. I think a lot of that kind of gets that misinformation, that misinterpretation mm-hmm. of God's heart starts right here. Because God says helper, and we hear secondary inferior yes yeah (laughs) definitely as important or not as good um and so i was looking into like what that word means and so the hebrew phrase phrase for suitable helper is azar connecto that is my gentile interpretation of this hebrew (laughs) phrase so forgive my mispronunciation i think think that was pretty accurate thank you Mm -hmm. thank you i uh, googled it (laughs) i love that so the word connecto is most like translated as suitable, um, but it refers to an exactly corresponding counterpart. Hmm. So completely equal, Interesting. not just suitable and like really complimentary yeah. of you, mm-hmm. like completely equal. Yeah. He didn't look at us and say, oh, that'll do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not like, oh, oh nice accessory. Good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, and so then I was looking into the word for helper, which was... Um, Azar. And so that word is used 21 times in the Old Testament. 
And so the first two times it's used to describe Eve, like it is here. Mm-hmm. And then throughout the Old Testament, it's used three times to re- to refer to um, like strong nations that Israel called upon for help in war. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other 16 times it is used only in reference to God himself. Wow. God says, I am Israel's helper, suitable helper. And so that was so cool to me and such like a beautiful like example of like a window into how the Lord views women because the Lord obviously doesn't view women as inferior to men if he's using the same language to refer to himself in Israel. Yeah. Like we all knew Israel had some problems <laughs> and the Lord is not inferior to Israel. Yeah. <laughs> like no one would have that translation from that word there, you know, when you're looking at the Lord in Israel. And so the Lord does not shy away, but openly proclaims himself by using the same word to describe himself as he does to describe women. And so I think that's just a good like opening thing of like, let's address this. God does not view women as secondary. Mm-hmm. We may have been told that he does, but that's not who that's he is. so good, yeah. And that's like, if you, as we look through the picture of scripture, that's not the story that he tells us. Mm-hmm. And so the main thing I was looking at as I was going through this is like, what what women do we know of in the Bible? You know, like which ones and like what did God think of them or how did God use their Mm -hmm. stories? And the thing that really struck me was how many women God spoke to directly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like when you think of God speaking to women in the Bible, who do you think of? Well, the woman of the issue of blood. (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I think of that one. I think of the woman at the well. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. That's the first one that comes to mind. Yeah. That's so interesting because I automatically started thinking of Old Testament women first. Because mm. God spoke directly to Eve when mm-hmm. he, like, was asking her about sin. He's like, what did you do? And he spoke directly yeah. to her, mm-hmm. you know, in those mm-hmm. moments. Um, he also spoke to Sarai when he told her that her son was going to mm-hmm. be born. He spoke to Hagar. He spoke with um, Rebecca. He spoke with Samson's mom. And told her the rules for Samson to follow. Mm, that's true. Um, he spoke with Mary, Mary Magdalene, the little girl who died, and he resurrected the woman with the issue of blood, the woman at the well. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's all of these stories, and those are the ones where, like, we're directly seeing, like, and then the Lord said. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's so many stories of the Lord using women and speaking to women in a more um, subtle way. We don't know exactly how he d- revealed things to them, mm-hmm. but these are women that God like used his voice, sent messengers, spoke to directly as not as an equal Mm -hmm. because God is above Mm -hmm. every person ever, but he did not. But with respect, with respect Mm -hmm. and with intentionality and love. Yes. And so God is someone who identifies women as being worthy of his time and attention Mm. and worthy of a calling and worthy of a role in the kingdom of God. All of those women were used. And those are stories that we're telling today because they're in his book, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, yeah, all throughout the gospels. Yeah. Like Jesus meets, meets women where they're at. Mm -hmm. He speaks to women. He heals women. Women traveled with him and the disciples. Like that's, yeah, that's huge. Especially for that time period. That was a big deal. Yeah, like the woman caught in adultery. Mm-hmm. That was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in Leviticus, a lot of people say that, like, or have an issue because some of the rules in Leviticus after childbirth were if you have a boy, then you are considered unclean for 40 days, and then you can go and get, like, your ritual cleansing. Mm. 
you have a girl, you are considered unclean for 80 days. And then you can go get your ritual cleansing. So a lot of people get caught up in that and they're like, well, a girl is more unclean than a boy. <laughs> but if we look at the context of scripture and what unclean means, unclean in Leviticus does not mean bad or dirty or, you know, those things. It means in need of ritual cleansing to be mm-hmm. able to go into the temple, which for us means we are clean because we are covered in the blood of Christ, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But they didn't have that. So it was a continual thing. Mm-hmm. Um and so the belief is that the 40 days were needed to cleanse the woman from like the shedding of blood in the creation of life. Mm-hmm. That was the same thing with like animals. Like it was this idea of like when you shed blood, you had to wait a certain amount of time to then mm-hmm. become clean. So the idea is with women, a lot of scholars believe that the reason it was longer for a girl child was because the girl also had the ability to bear life. Mm. and shed lifeblood mm. so that's why it was a longer time and so really the better example or the better reason for us to look at and see like does god consider boys and girls to be equal is that he required the sacrifice to be given at the temple after their birth it was the same mm. you know good. and so the acknowledgement to god of the birth of the child was the same yeah and so if you're looking in the bible and you're looking for things to use as daggers against the Lord about mm-hmm. women. If you're looking for daggers for anything, you will find them. Yeah. You can twist a lot of things in scripture. You can twist a lot of things that anyone says. Mm-hmm. You know, you can edit any of my words right now and make them out to be anything that I didn't say and that I don't mean and that I don't stand for. Yeah. And so I think it's just important whenever we're talking about issues like this that we're willing to dig below that first level in our initial American thought Mm-hmm. of whatever we come up against and say, okay, what does this actually mean to you? Because I hear unclean and I think dirty. Yes, yeah. <laughs> not good. Not, not good, good enough. Not yeah. good enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's not the voice of the Lord. And so what do you guys think about that? What are your thoughts, Mackenzie? Um, you described that so well. I, I love that. <laughs> that was very good. Um, my thoughts are kind of what I said, like unclean doesn't mean like not worthy like not worthy in a way that's like less than like Mm -hmm. we're all you know we're all sinful we're all unclean in that way but we're not we're not less than men and i just think that you bringing up the sacrifice was the same i that's so cool that's so cool what do you think brooke yeah i i think it's interesting whenever it comes to the topic of women um especially with our current climate of feminism Mm -hmm. and what that looks like today. Um, So to really just go back and to take a look at God's original purpose for women, you know, Mm -hmm. to, to see that we were, we were created as the helpers, but we were created as equal to, and then also to see like from the beginning of it all, the Lord deemed us as worthy Mm-hmm. And he deemed us as equal. And that doesn't mean like we're equal in what we can do, mm-hmm. what we're capable of, or what we should do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's a big like point to make too as as well because we do have different roles. You know, men yeah. men and women do have different roles. And I think that we have to embrace that to some extent. Um, that doesn't mean that I can't go pick up a drill and build something like you know mm-hmm. like <laughs> right this is just silly exactly. like modern day 
thing that we've put on mm-hmm. yes. femininity versus masculinity that really has nothing to do with what the Lord has said. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. we are we are capable of learning skill. Yes. But it also means that our role in marriage looks different. Mm-hmm. Um, our role in motherhood looks much different than a father's role, you know? And I think that we can see that throughout scripture. And like Mackenzie said, you just, you described it so well um, of what it looks like to be a child of God and what, what that meant in the old Testament and how he, how he deemed us as worthy then. And we're still worthy now. Mm-hmm. So in Titus two, um, Paul really addresses um, what a woman in Christ is supposed to be like. This is like mm. one of the big passages about womanhood in the New Testament. And so I'm just going to read verses two through six. It says, Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Older women likewise are not to be reverent in behavior, are to be reverent. <laughs> Older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, <laughs> not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. So with this, what are y'all's thoughts about these phrases such as to be working at home, to be submissive to their own husbands so that the word of God may not be reviled. Like, how does that impact you? And like, do you feel something kind of rise up in you about that? What is your reaction? (laughs) Yeah, I think, um, I mean, in Genesis, we see like our desire is going to be to rule over our husband, you know, like that's part of the fall. Um, So of course, I feel like any woman can read that and be like submissive. Yeah, right. Okay, we'll just keep (laughs) reading in that chapter. (laughs) But I think I saw this reel the other day of this guy holding a guitar and it was a pastor. It was definitely one of those like teaching moments. He was holding a guitar and he was holding it backwards. So like the strings were, um, were not facing out. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I can hold the guitar this way, but it it doesn't serve its purpose. Mm -hmm. I can flip it around and I can just strum on the strings, but it's, it's chaotic, but it is still a guitar and it's being played. But if I play the guitar with chords and I play it within the structure that the guitar has been designed to be played in, something beautiful happens and something beautiful comes out of it. And I just thought that was such an awesome parallel to um, what it means to to be a follower of Christ mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. follow the word of God. Mm-hmm. Um, because we can we can have the Bible on our shelf, but it's not serving its purpose. Yeah. We can read the Bible and we can know what it says and not live it out. And then that's chaotic. Mm-hmm. But if we read scripture and we read a wife is to be submissive to her husband, there is freedom in that statement, whether we want mm-hmm. to see it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's part of like what I was saying before of we have to fall into our role of how the Lord has designed us as women. Um, and part of that role is to to be submissive to our husbands as our spiritual leader. And if you're not desiring that, if your desire mm-hmm. is to rule over your husband, that's a heart check right there. 
Yeah. That needs some, that needs some prayer that needs some alone time with the Lord. Um, and I know that not every marriage is healthy and not every marriage is equally yoked. And that, that involves other parts of your prayer life to be involved in other parts of scripture to be involved. Um, but regardless, freedom in your marriage comes whenever a man and a woman are both walking in their role that the mm-hmm. Lord has set for them according to scripture. Yeah, that's good. There's freedom within those walls. Yeah. So much more freedom than living outside of those mm-hmm. walls. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, you could ask me kind of what I thought about it. And I was like, well, actually, I'm pretty good with it now. You would ask me maybe a year or two ago, and I would have been like, yeah, whatever. That's like, <laughs> no, <Okay, Paul. laughs> absolutely not. I will not be doing that. No circumstance. Um, but now I've really kind of like fallen into that. I mean, definitely not perfect. And I'm pretty strong willed. Um, but I wrote this down and I wanted to read it. And it was like, the purpose of any discipline is freedom. And then through submission, we lay down the burden of always trying to have our own way. So there's Really, Brooke, you mentioned it. There's freedom in that. When we mm-hmm. fall into our role and what we're supposed to be doing, it's not a burden. It's actually a release of that burden because we're not trying to fulfill a role that we were never meant to call to. Yeah. I just think that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. When this is not, this verse is talking about specifically in marriage being submissive, but um, there was an example of in my own life where another female and I were in a leadership position at church. And um, there became an issue with this older man. And he was a large man, and he was very angry. And we knew he was angry, and he was coming to talk with us, and it was going to be scary, mm-hmm. you know. And both of our husbands were not at the church yet for this. Mm. And so I texted one of the elders of our church, and I said, hey, and who knew of the situation and knew why this person was upset? And I said, hey, so-and-so is here. Can you come? Mm-hmm. And immediately, two of the elders of the church and Mackenzie's husband <laughs> both all find out that this man is here and take him into the corner of a church and start addressing this. And me and the other female leader were not required to be a part of that altercation at all. Mm-hmm. And I looked, and I was in a room of younger girls when mm-hmm. this is happening. And I looked at them, and I said, this is what, submission looks like it looks like protection Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's good because healthy leadership looks like protection and freedom Mm -hmm. for us unhealthy ungodly leadership looks like oppression Mm -hmm. and so the when god calls us into submission in this passage he is calling men to be godly leaders of the home Mm -hmm. If men raise up to that level, I can I can submit to my husband because I know that the Lord is going to speak to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know that he's going to listen to the Lord. And because he's a godly man, he hears from the Lord. He acts in what the Lord tells him to do. And he also takes into consideration my heart and our family yeah, before good. making choices. Yeah. That means yeah. that I don't have to wear, bear the weight of our family's relationship with yeah, God yeah. or where we go in life. Like, I can be fully open and honest with my husband. I know that he takes that into account. But at the end of the day, I can trust him and the Lord to take mm-hmm. care of me. Yeah. And so when the Lord calls us to submission, he calls us to be protected. Mm-hmm. He calls us to be cared for. Mm-hmm. This is something that the Lord set in place to show the value of women is mm-hmm. to be protected and to be yeah. valued. You know, I protect 
my child because she is smaller and she is weaker than me. That does not mean that she is less valuable than me. That does not mean that she is not going to grow in in the Lord and all of those things. It does not mean she's lesser than. It means that she is precious to me and deserves to be protected. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so I think we just had to keep in mind, like, the Lord calls us as believers he tells us not to be unequally, unequally yoked. Mm-hmm. He calls us into healthy relationships mm-hmm. where he is constantly working on. And that doesn't mean that every relationship is perfect. None of them are. None of ours are. Mm-hmm. But there's this constant thing where the Lord is working on revealing himself in the church to us through the mm-hmm. through marriage. Yeah, and Jesus protected the bride. Yeah. I think, yeah, that's so good, Hannah. Something that um, the Lord has been like revealing to me and teaching me um, through the call to submission is realizing that sometimes submission to me looks mm. like dealing with a stubborn husband. Mm-hmm. But then hindsight is always twenty twenty, And really what I see as Zach's stubbornness is really him leaning in and listening to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Because I am somebody that's like, no, we just got to do it. We just got to mm. go for it. We mm-hmm. just need to go. We just yeah. need to do. And Zach is very go with the flow. Like, let's just pause for a second. Like, let's just think about this. Just think about it logically. I'm like, no. But I <laughs> Why feel. would I do that? Yes. <laughs> Why would I think logically about this situation? And, you know, God's ways are higher than our ways. And there's mm-hmm. there are arguments both ways. But mm-hmm. regardless, like I think about the fact that whenever Zach and I first got married, mm. we said we would have kids in three to five years. We are six years in now. Mm. And in my head, 19-year-old Brooke thought, we'll have kids in a year. <laughs> <laughs> and I can look back now and I can see Zach's pause mm. as the grace of the Lord. Mm. And it is his timing. Because I think about our first year of marriage. And I think about, man, if I was a mother in that season, I would be mothering out of such a broken place. Mm-hmm. And I I wouldn't have had as much of an opportunity to be to walk into healing and to walk into freedom over things and mm-hmm. so submission sometimes feels mm-hmm. like you're dealing with stubbornness but i just urge you to pray that the lord give you a different perspective yeah. whenever it comes to that that's really good because it's like you'll probably hear me say this a lot i say it all the time because you don't get to be in control but you don't also don't have to be in control so mm-hmm. there's that yes. freedom when you lay that down and a lot of times that looks like submission and putting others first really letting go of what we want it's what jesus did yeah 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 and just keep in mind when we're talking about this we're not talking about abusive relationships or anything that's unsafe Um, if you are unsafe get safe Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. absolutely Um, reach out to us we'll try and help you know like there are so many resources that the that the church has to offer and that the world has to offer in terms of counseling and things like that. Like there are ways to get healthy. Yes. And there are ways to stay healthy. The Lord values us and we should value, value each other and value yeah. one our, yeah. ourselves as well. Yeah. Um, so in Galatians three twenty seven through 29, it says for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. And so this is talking about as believers, we are all equal in the sight of God in the sense of being 
fully heirs of the inheritance of God, which means fully heirs of God. Mm-hmm. Jesus is our prize. Jesus mm-hmm. is our inheritance. Oneness with him is the goal. And he offers himself freely and equally to both men and women. Yep. And something that's important when we're talking about anything really involving the Bible, but especially topics like this, if what we say is not true, but if what we say the Bible says is not true to the woman across the world, to the Christian woman being held captive in sex trafficking, if it's true to us and not true to her, then it's not true because mm-hmm. absolute truth has to apply to everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so that's when we're talking about what God says about when we're talking about what God says about women who are serving him, who are created in the image of God to, you know, be a reflection of his glory and of his character in the earth. And, and this is the way that he chooses to value us. So what parts of femininity or your female experience do, or that you see in other women do you think are a reflection of God himself? How do women reflect the image of God? Mm. That's a good question. Um, the first thing that comes to mind for me is that we are created to create and I you stole mine. Oh man, I probably <laughs> learned more. it from you, honestly. <laughs> no way. <laughs> because I think about that, and I never thought of myself as a creative person. Like, yeah. Um, before, like, I always liked photography, and like, I had creative outlets, but I can't draw, and I can't script write. I'm not very good at those types of creative things. So I was like, How specific. I, yes, I, <laughs> script I, in, And in my mind, that was like, that's what it took to be creative Mm. and then so learning as an adult like oh no like we especially like as wives and as women like we make our home beautiful like we create a home like Austin said to me one time he's like I can do I can do as many remodels as you want to this house but I could never make it feel like a home like you can and I was like Oh, I don't feel that way. I feel like this is a work in progress. And you're like, speaking of remodels, <laughs> I have like a million ideas and a million things that I want to do to this place. And I never would have thought about it from that perspective if you wouldn't have told me that. So like a lot of little things have happened in my life since then, but just like that we're created to create and God was, God is the ultimate creator. Yeah. And I just think that that's really cool. Yeah. I think, um, now that mine has been stolen from me, um, (laughs) that's okay. We, I mean, we are image bearers, you know? Mm -hmm. And so there's, there's lots of ways that we are a reflection of Jesus in our day-to-day lives and a reflection of God, the creator. Um, so I think another one is, I mean, in motherhood, like we are caretakers, we are protectors of children. We are protectors of whether that is, a child that you birthed or a youth group that you are nurturing at that Mm, moment. I don't, I feel like a lot of times people would not refer to God as nurturing. Um, Mm. And I don't want to like skew, like God is not a woman. (laughs) That's not, that's Mm -hmm. not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that he cared so much for his children that he led them out of Egypt and he cared so much for his children that he walked them into freedom, you know? And I think that that's such a reflection of who we, who we have the opportunity to reflect whenever mm-hmm. it comes to motherhood and it comes to um, being, a, being a spiritual mother to those mm-hmm. around us as that's well. Good. That was said really well. Yeah, I think 
I mean, this is probably just close on my mind right now, but with being currently pregnant, there is something God gave women an ability to create, to partner with him in the creation of life Mm. in such a unique way. And I think that, I mean, God values the creation of life. God values the womb. God values Mm -hmm. that in women. And that doesn't mean that if you choose not to or if you cannot conceive that you're less of a woman, but God has chosen women specifically as a whole to be the only Mm -hmm. ones that can do this with him. Um, So I think that's a cool thing. And I also think um, a, a lot of women in the Old Testament were prophets, prophetesses. Like we see stories of that all through scripture. And I think God chooses women to raise up generations, to change things. You know, like we see the women in the lineage of Jesus who had some rough stories Mm -hmm. and then were great, 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 great grandmothers of Jesus. You know, like what a blessing that the Lord has chosen um, women of all sorts of backgrounds and all of those things to really to partner with him in the work of salvation. Another example I think of with that is um, God, Jesus revealing himself first to women during like after his resurrection Mm, and then telling them to go tell the disciples, which I think is just such a clear example of Jesus being like, Hey, I want women to talk about me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I want women to, to evangelize. I want women to spread the good news. Um, Like he said, the most important news in human history was told and spread by women first. Yeah, that's good. Wow. Yeah. So. I love that. All of that to say, God loves women. God <laughs> loves each of you. Yes. And so do we. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Our Bible verse for this week is Philippians 2, 3. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. These verses will be available in our show notes and on our social media, and we'll continue to have these memory verses available as lock screen backgrounds, so be sure to screenshot those whenever they pop up on your feed. Yeah, so I think um, as we're kind of closing out tonight, I was kind of doing a little bit of research on just our current climate um, in like what it looks like to be a woman in this time. Um, And I do feel like we can't really escape this topic without thinking about 2020 Mm -hmm, um, and what the pandemic did to kind of shift the way that a woman is viewed, Um, whether that is like through the whole gender identity all of those things Mm. um or how um what a woman's role looks like so there was a statistic that i had found um but it says as of 2023 nearly a quarter of american mothers now identify as stay-at-home parents a sharp rise from the 15 percent in 2022 wow Yeah. According to a large survey of U.S. women conducted by Motherly, the 2023 statistic 24% means that 9% of mothers have given up their jobs over the past year. The survey asked 
respondents for a primary reason in initiating this change in their job status if they'd made such a change. The most common motivation shared by 24% of surveyed mothers, they wanted to stay home with their children. Um, So that kind of, that was just a little shocking to me. I'm not a mother. Mackenzie over here is Mm -hmm. not a mother. Hannah happily is a mother (laughs) in this season of her life. Um, But I think that it kind of, it was just a big eye opener to me, especially in my day-to-day job I talk to a lot of moms Mm. um and I hear so many of them advocating for homeschooling or um you know just their their motherhood their womanhood has shifted a lot since the pandemic um so that kind of brought me to the question of how do you all feel like the pandemic shifted a woman's role in the community the house and in the church Mackenzie you want to (laughs) give it a go (laughs) yeah I don't know I I feel like a trend that I saw with COVID like 2020 is people actually wanting to be home like I'm in real estate so a common thing was like oh like patios and actually not like open floor plans like closed rooms and like people were doing all of these remodeling projects is because they actually like they well they had to be home but they actually realized that they enjoyed being home like Mm. the mom enjoyed cooking and enjoyed being with the family like enjoyed doing the more like feminine things and I find that like really interesting because it's still a trend today like people want the more closed off rooms like patios all of that I found that really interesting yeah about you three years out yeah 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 Mm. Yeah. What about you, Hannah? Yeah, I think I heard this um, phrase when it was talking about how many people are returning to gardening, Mm, you know, and it was talking about how like this return to like everybody wanting like a patio garden or some like plants, like all of this going on was a return to a biological norm, Mm -hmm. right? That we were created Mm. that we throughout history mm-hmm. people yeah. have grown their own food they've grown mm-hmm. plants. yeah well, you think like hunters and gatherers right we're the mm-hmm. gatherers yes yeah. exactly and so yeah. it was kind of like this idea of like this is not a trend this is a return to what has always been mm-hmm. that we have strayed from very recently and so i kind of think of that on a larger scale about this this is a return to a, a norm mm-hmm. like we were a, a human norm this return yeah. to the home both for men and women I think our culture has, especially in America, has become so productivity focused and so goal focused. Mm -hmm. Neither, I mean, we need to be productive. We should have goals. All of those things are good. All of us work outside the home. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's also like this draw of the Lord did create families to spend time together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and God puts people in homes because homes are the first place for discipleship. Homes are the first place to like get to know him and to get to know what to be sanctified Mm -hmm. for iron to sharpen iron. Like all of these things happen in the home. And I think um, the home had just been really discredited to the point where if you said you were like a stay at home mom, it was embarrassing. I'm just a stay at home mom. It's like, this is all I do. Yeah. No, no. You're so cool. First of all. As someone who works a few days a week and stays at home a few other days a week, it's harder. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's more fulfilling, but it is more demanding, especially, mm-hmm. I mean, physically, it's much mm-hmm. more demanding. And so I think that there is like this, I think the Lord has used, the pandemic has used everyone being st- at home. Not mm-hmm. that he caught, I don't think, 
the Lord didn't cause the pandemic, but he turns all, you know, bad things into good. Mm -hmm. And so I think the Lord has used this time to really draw families closer to one another, Mm -hmm. to, to draw people back into this norm because these things are good for us. I love that. Yeah. Being at home, making your own food, growing your own food, spending time teaching your children yourself, like Mm -hmm. having time with your partner, all of those things are healthy things for us that help us function better. And all Mm -hmm. of these things like have more mental clarity. Yes. Um, and so whenever the Lord calls us to something, he always calls us you know, deeper in and closer in mm-hmm. with him. And so that's also an opportunity to do that in the home. So I think for all of this, like even just the trend towards like sourdough bread, like everyone wants <laughs> yes. to bake bread Everybody now, wants to make you know, sourdough. because it's yes. just, there's something healing about it, about mm-hmm. partnering. I mean, it's creation, you know? Yeah. Yep. And so I think that's, that's good. just a, a return to a norm that we had forgotten. Yeah. I think it's also a, um, a need for consistency as yeah. well, because whether you feel like you're consistent in your home life, you can become consistently at home. <laughs> you know, um, and I think that that that's a good foundation for families and for marriages, especially too, or even just for single women. Like yeah. the ability to come home to clean your house, to sit and to rest and to Sabbath, mm. to mm. be with the Lord in those moments. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's been a huge call to rest since Mm -hmm. the pandemic. Um, If anything, the shutdown taught me that, wow, I need to calm down. Yeah. (laughs) I don't have to be this busy. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I think that it was, it was an important reminder and conviction for me to know that the world will still continue to go even if I am not my absolute busiest. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that's such westernized culture that needs to be changed Mm -hmm. um, because we were created to rest and we're commanded to rest. And I think if anything, that's that's the big shift that I've seen um, in a lot of women in community as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. I also think in in community and in the church, you're talking about that as well. Mm a shift has been from like a show or from being very cool and the shift towards vulnerability and authenticity. Yeah. And I think as part of that, I think everyone's just fed up with something that they don't know what's real. Yeah. I think that's something that we all experienced during the pandemic of like, what, what is real? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's important to me? What's real and what's going to happen, you know, and all of that. And so it really stripped everything back. And so I think especially in a younger demographic, we're not looking for cool. We're not looking for showy. We're looking for someone, for something real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So I think that's one of the biggest shifts that and I've that's noticed. That's also wh- why we're doing the podcast, like to be real and authentic. And yeah, it's scary, but it's yeah. We it's want good to be it's important, true image bearers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. And we get to be that as women. Mm-hmm. God created us in His image. It doesn't say He created man only in his image, mm-hmm. men and women. And I think that that is just such an awesome opportunity that we get to have every day to say, I'm made in the image of God. How can I reflect him today? Yeah. yeah. How can I love like him today? That's How good. can I nurture like him today or be kind to somebody? Yeah. Yeah. 
How can I speak truth like him today? Yeah. 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 I think we all learned a lot. I know that I definitely did. You guys Mm -hmm. are amazing. (laughs) See you next week. Love you. Bye.